0: The professional's choice.
1: So this rain is coming down pretty hard. I'm in my truck just waiting out the worst of it so I can get on the roof to finish. The PM I got to do this afternoon before I head home for the day. But coming up on the podcast today, let's get this podcast intro done while it's raining outside. We have Kevin Mayer. Kevin is with NAVAC. He is in technical support with NAVAC, but he's also a trainer and an educator. The man knows his stuff. He's been around the industry, been in the industry for many, many years. And we're going to have a discussion about some NAVAC uh, products because NAVAC is hitting the market hard and they're showing up everywhere and a lot of people are purchasing their tools and getting good results with them and enjoying the use. Now, we're going to talk about the products, but we're also going to talk about uh, HVAC-related Topics surrounding the products, like how to pull a proper vacuum and and all that kind of stuff, right? So Kevin is very knowledgeable. So listen up, guys. This is the HVAC Know It All podcast. I'm your host, Gary McCready. So all the tools you're going to hear about on this podcast are all available at True Tech Tools with the promo code Know It All. Will save you eight percent. That's always a thing. Okay. It never goes away. Well, at least I hope not, anyway. It's always a thing for now, so use it to your advantage. In my possession now, I have the Testo 300 Combustion Analyzer. This thing is super cool, touchscreen, connect to the internet, send emails from it, basically an Android tablet. It has a lot of cool features. It's going to take me uh, some time to kind of go through and check out. But you're going to see more of that coming uh, within my content, videos, pictures, You name it. Okay, XOI Technologies, guys. Like I've showed you, they have a very, very cool platform called Vision that's gonna be the future of peer-to-peer tech support. There is a very cool promo. You get a 30-free 30-day free demo of the product, fully backed by XOI Technologies, okay, backed by their team, and when you're done. If you sign up, the person that brings forth the idea and signs up gets the $500 cash reward. I'll stick that landing page down in the podcast summary. And guys, if you have a P51 or Man Tooth from Yellow Jacket, guess what? Now they have the six inch pipe clamp that straps around larger pipes for you to check your temperatures um, on larger units like industrial, commercial, you name it. So it's the YJ. Um, temperature strap slash probe. Hey, Kevin, how you doing today, man? I'm doing great, Gary. How about you? I'm, I'm doing well. Uh, just taking a little bit of a a break here to have a chat with you and, and I'm excited to do so because, uh, NAVAC has come out with so many cool products lately. And I think we need to discuss them and set everybody straight on on what they are and how they how they work and, and what they're used for. So, how do you feel about that?
0: <laughs> I think that sounds great. Uh, that sounds great. Uh, um, that I'm sounds really good. excited about it, and the more I I work with the product, the uh, the happier I am to be associated with Navac. It's it's just it's been been a a fun ride.
1: Awesome. So, I think we should maybe start off by letting everybody know kind of uh, what your role is with NAVAC and maybe your background in the industry and and how you kind of, kind of moved your way into work, work, start working with NAVAC.
0: Well, I've been involved in the HVACR industry for about 37 years. I started off working for a wholesaler and then went out and worked in the field, worked for a couple of other wholesalers um, and uh, just kind of, you know, I've been in the industry, worked for a controls company, uh, been in the industry for a long time, and uh, NAVAC approached me looking for somebody to do uh, primarily uh, educational presentations for them. And so my role for NAVAC is as their te- essentially technical educator. So when I give presentations while I feature NAVAC products, I'm also trying to teach technicians how to do jobs correctly, better, and faster um, rather than just out there pushing product. Um, I leave that to the salespeople. But it fits in nicely because I spent the last 14 years of my um, working career before joining NAVIC working for a wholesaler, um, essentially creating HVAC technicians Um and I've been certified by Mitsubishi, uh, Nortec, Rude, Scotsman, some others to do training for their product, along with uh, also Kohler generators. And that was kind of a fun little side gig. But uh, it um, this working with NAVIC has just been great. Um, and I'm, I get to travel around the country, meet technicians, find out different ways they do things. And then we talk about uh, uh, various – uh, processes hopefully they learn a little something and then also we sell a few tools
1: that's cool and and your resume is is quite um, substantial there with with all of those manufacturers you listed as being approved to, to, to train uh, on their equipment so that, that's that's really cool that, that that you've that you've built those credentials up for yourself
0: well you hang around long enough and good things happen <laughs>
1: <laughs> well yeah but you also have to be Uh, intelligent. You have to have a good, um, a good, a good way with people. So obviously that's you. I mean, you you love teaching, You, you you love training and you love working with people. Otherwise you wouldn't be able to do that type of job.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's been fun. Um, and, and I really, like I said, I really like the Navic product because it, we brought some new things to the market that, uh, that haven't really been here before or certainly, uh, other versions we were able to improve on. And, uh, I think we offer you know, some of the best products in the marketplace right now.
1: Well, well, that's a fantastic segue to our first, uh, topic of discussion. And that's the, the NRDD recovery machine. So it's, it's a fairly new recovery machine that has been put out to market. Um, so look, maybe we should go through that first.
0: Okay. That sounds good. Um, I really like the machine. Um, it's, you know, single knob or single key, as we call it, that allows you to do virtually everything just by turning one knob. Um, it, it's got an oversized condenser, and that gives us a little bit better recovery rates. Um, or I shouldn't say a little bit better. It gives us better recovery rates than uh, our previous um recovery machines because you know pumping liquid is one thing and, and you know whether you're doing however many pounds per minute versus you know however many plus or minus one or two isn't a really big deal the big deal is when you're recovering vapor and uh, the only way to speed up that recovery process is to uh, increase the size your condenser size or increase the airflow over it there's not really much you can do if you don't do those two, two things to actually speed up the vapor recovery, so I, I agree uh, with
1: you. And, and if I could jump in there for one second, I'm gonna I'm gonna touch on two of those points that you just brought up. So the dial, and just so everybody knows that the single dial that Kevin was referring to, basically you can recover, you can uh, throttle liquid, you can shut it off, uh, the valve off, or you can purge out the machine. So you have four different. Um, options on that one dial and and i, I attest to, to the speed because i recovered 15 pounds of r22 in 12 minutes using that machine i believe it was the first or second time i used it and i was thoroughly impressed mm-hmm. by the speed of it
0: well great you know and, and one of the things when we rate our uh our tools we do it under real world conditions as opposed to you know being in a lab where you can kind of manipulate results so you know we we don't want to say that our tools will do something that they won't do out in the field so i'm glad you had a good experience with it um I, i just i really like the layout of it it's really clean uh it only weighs 25 pounds um the handle folds away to protect it and take up a little less room in the van. And then we also built the cabinet so that it, the uh, the cabinet actually covers the um, the input and outlet uh, output fittings, so that they're protected and can't get bent, broken, um, or jostled around uh, when the unit. You know, it comes into contact with something else, which in a service van, it's very likely to do since there's very limited real estate.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, 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 and one of the other cool features that I like about it is I was recovering 134A from a very small reach in cooler. And I mean, the gas was out in, in seconds, but then when it started to get into a vacuum, the machine was in a vacuum, it actually shuts down once you get to a certain point and it doesn't just keep running and running and running so you could actually walk away from it knowing that it's going to shut yeah. down once it gets to a certain point and you're not going to have to go back and babysit the thing so that that was one of the features that, that I, I liked about it as well
0: yeah it has uh, it has three separate settings one is an automatic shutoff with manual restart um, so you know if it shuts off, you come back and the pressure has risen because refrigerant's coming out of oil or, you know, is, is being uh, passed through very tiny orifices, you can manually restart it and pull it back down. Uh, you can also program it to do auto shut off with an automatic restart so that if the pressure rises uh, as oil again is coming out of – I mean, excuse me, refrigerant is coming out of oil um, – you can do it, or you can have the machine do it, so you really don't have to be there at all. Or if you're doing a large system, you can just set it to continuous running and let it go. Um, so you know you you have different options. You're not tied into just any one uh, mode of operation. So you, I think it's really, uh, really pretty neat.
1: Yeah. Well, you taught me something there because I didn't realize that you had the option of the three different ways of doing that. I just thought it was it, it was the one the way it was it was programmed into the machine. So I'm going to have to look into that myself because I do like the second option that you said where it will shut down. But if you do have some refrigerant releasing out of the oil and the pressure does rise, we want to get that recovered as well. So I, I like that restart option automatically. Yeah. yeah. Is that your dog working so, in the back? Yeah, take a look at it, I think.
0: <laughs> yeah. The, 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 he mistakenly thinks somebody is here. Sorry right. about that. Uh,
1: that's, that's okay. That's okay. Okay, so so cool. I, I think that we've gotten some good information on that NRDD, and, and the main points is how fast it is and single dial, um, and, and the, how light it is as well. I mean, that's the, those are very important features of, of that machine. So the next product we want to talk about, and it's very, very unique to the industry, is the battery-powered 2CFM.
0: Yeah, that is that is the neatest pump. Um Everywhere I go, that pump gathers attention and people seem to think it's a toy until they pick it up and realize that, that there is a real pump in there uh, because we were able to take that pump and, and make it a two-stage uh, rotary vane vacuum pump, which means we can pull down to about 23 microns, which for something like that is a very low number. A lot of pumps, uh, the, the lower end pumps are only 25 micron pumps. Uh, and we're able to get to 23, and and every time you drop, start dropping microns, um, it sounds like an incremental change, but it's really, uh, it, it's really difficult to go once you get down below about 50 microns to continue uh, pulling a deeper and deeper and deeper vacuum, mm-hmm. and that battery-operated pump. Can, can work on a large number of systems. When I first thought about it, I was thinking, well, you know, this thing is going to be great for ice machines and reach-ins and, and that sort of thing, you know, smaller, smaller volume systems. But, you know, it, a vacuum pump is, is not really limited by its size. It's limited by the size of the hoses and the restrictions in the line. Mm-hmm. So if you're trying to recover through a uh, manifold with five-foot hoses and you're leaving Schrader valves in, um, and especially a manifold that uses needle valves, you've got really small passageways in there, and you're really only going to recover about seven-tenths of a CFM per minute. Uh, regardless of how big your vacuum pump is, you know it's kind of the capillary uh, tube theory of metering that you can only get th- so much through a, a certain size opening of a certain length reg- almost regardless of how much pressure you put behind it. So um, by taking that two CFM and using three8 or half inch or three quarter inch vacuum hoses, then you're able to um, recover at the rate that the pump is rated for, That's right. and we've we've found with systems like that 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 battery operated pump will work multiple times on a single charge on a five ton unit with um, with fifty foot line sets. So you know it's 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 really a unique pump as long as it's applied correctly.
1: Yeah, I. I... I know that um, I read somewhere that it's advertised the pump is good for up to four tons, but you said five, and I used it on a five-ton package unit. It, is, it was an older older unit, like a server room unit, CompuWare unit, and I was able to pull down to 400 microns in about 40 minutes in that range, somewhere in that range, and I was using True Blue hoses, and, and I got down uh, to that point, so... It really is the hose size, as you're saying, and I've done the first the first time I used the, the two cfm pump. I uh, experimented with a recovery tank, a quarter inch hose, and a true blue hose, and we pulled. Um, I think it was like the the quarter inch hose was was about forty three minutes, forty four minutes, somewhere in that range to get the five hundred, and with the with the true blue hose, it was. Uh, it was actually 23 minutes. It was half the time. And Jim Bergman saw the video and he jumped on and <laughs> commented. He's like, "Well, if you're pulling through the the dip tube in that recovery machine. If if you went through the other side, I guarantee you it would be a lot faster." And it's a good point he's making because we're pulling through that restrictive dip tube um, while I was pulling the vacuum.
0: Right, right. And you know that comes back to recovery. By the way, you you, you want to recover into the the vapor side. Uh, because when you do purge, then all that's left in, in your hose is is vapor and not liquid. So I just kind of wanted to touch back to that uh, real quickly. But yeah, it, it's all... It, about accessing the system too and, and the beauty of using multiple hoses is you can pull from the uh, you can pull from both the liquid and the uh, suction sides of a system and now your restriction isn't the metering device if you only uh, evacuated from a uh, from the suction line or the liquid line you got to pull everything back through the metering device one way or the other and that'll slow you down too again it's it's you know it's it's a restriction. Now it's accurate, acting like a accurator in a in an um, older R22 air conditioning system. You know, it's just it's it's a restriction that everything's got to go through, and it, quick evacuation is all about removing uh, restrictions in and you know having the right size evacuation hoses.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and speaking um, of but, hoses, you guys have sorry to cut you off, but you guys have some large like half inch hoses with the quarter inch fittings already attached to them. Correct? Right.
0: I was, I was going to mention that those are our big boy hoses and they come quarter by quarter, quarter by three eighths and quarter by half, uh, so that you can get to, uh, whatever size you need to. Um, the beauty of like this little two CFM pump is it does have two, um, th- two fittings on the tree. It doesn't have three, like a, a larger pump would, uh, so you can use a quarter by quarter and a quarter by three eighths uh, evacuation hose and pull from both sides just using two hoses and you're not you know you don't have to have the whole uh true blue kit so uh, for technicians starting starting out where budget is is more important than almost anything else that's a that's a, a way to go um, as you found with the true blue hoses you know you've got a number of of ways you can configure that to speed up your process. Mm-hmm, exactly. So,
1: yeah, yeah. So, and half inch hoses. I mean, they they move. Um, I mean, I've read I've read the, the numbers uh, between quarter inch, three eighths, half inch, and uh, do you do you recall what the number is at like a thousand microns? How many CFM it's moving in a half inch hose? Uh,
0: I want to say it's six, okay. as opposed to the three quarter that's twelve. Um, you know the, the quarter-inch h- hoses that we kind of all grew up learning to use. Um, it, it, there were vacuum hoses, but nobody was really talking about it. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that's happened over the last few years with people like Jim Bergman and and some others in the in the industry is we're we're really pushing the getting rid of uh, the valve cords because I mean I can't even recall a valve core tool being available until about, I don't know, five or 10 years ago. Um, so when I, I started in 1981 or 82, whatever it was that I was entirely too young, um, you know, there was no such animal. Now there were vacuum hoses, but, you know, maybe there'd be one hanging out on the, on the shelf and the only guy that knew about it was the guy that was doing, uh, you know, two, three, four, 500,000 ton chillers, you know, he was the only guy that really knew about it. But then again, back in those days, we did a lot of things you can't do now too. So, you know, things change and this is the conversation for now.
1: Yeah, no, no. And and it's one worth having. And it's one uh, worth continuing to have until we kind of see the benefits. And and I've, I mean, when you hear something new, you're always skeptical. uh, And, until you until you go out and prove it to yourself. And I've proven, proven it to myself several times over that the larger diameter hoses will pull a much quicker vacuum, I've proven that time and time again.
0: Right, and the, the other piece of the equation that I like to show people uh, is the inside of a vacuum pump so that they realize that not only do you need the larger hoses getting rid of restrictions, but you also need to change your vacuum pump oil Yes, uh, a lot more frequently than, than normally one would think, especially on like the battery-operated pump, which only holds something like four, five, six ounces of oil. Um, you, you, that would be one of those things you'd want to do virtually every time you use the pump. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's the oil that creates the seal. It's not the, the, the veins of the, rotary pump inside the vacuum
1: pump. Gotcha. So, on to to the next pump. Um, You wanted to discuss the 12 CFM pump too, right? Yeah, our 12 CFM
0: pump is a really unique animal uh, when it comes to vacuum pumps. That vacuum pump uses the same pumping mechanism as our uh, 12 CFM industrial pump. And vacuum pumps come kind of in a couple of different flavors, there's the HVAC pumps that are essentially an intermittent duty pump. They're not designed to run 24/7, 365. Where a, an industrial pump is used for you know some sort of evacuation process, and it's designed to run 24/7, 365. Now our industrial pump is a great pump, but it weighs about 85 pounds because it's got a uh, it's got a, a AC uh, motor in it, and it's designed for continuous duty. So everything uh, in the motor uh, is designed to run all the time. Mm-hmm. So what we did was we took a, our DC inverter drive motor and put it in the um, – with the or coupled it with the industrial pump, and that pump itself, using uh, fresh vacuum pump oil, is, is what we call a five-micron pump. And again, the deeper your pump is capable of going, and 15 microns is kind of the industry standard for the premium pumps, this pump will actually go down to 5 microns. So it's another quantum leap in, in depth of vacuum, which speaks to the efficiency of the pump. So it's a much more efficient, much more robust design than just taking a, an HVAC pump and blowing it up to 12 CFM. On the flip side, we, the DC motor does several different things. Uh, one is we've, we're able to get the weight down to 33, 34 pounds, uh, which is certainly manageable for a 12 CFM, and it's it's the same weight as about everybody else's um, or the other manufacturers that, that have one. And the other thing is with the DC motor, there's no voltage inrush. So if you're on a rooftop on a cold day with a hundred foot extension cord and you're going into a 15 amp breaker, you're not going to, or a 15 amp circuit, you're not going to pop the breaker. Mm -hmm. That pump only runs about four and a half amps when it's running. So there is no inrush with a D with an inverter drive motor.
1: So I, I have, um, I've, I've, I've got the 12 CFM pump as well. And uh, I used it on a job about six weeks ago, maybe two months ago. And it was it was a 15 or 20 ton condensing unit. I can't remember, but it was on the roof of a five-story building. And the, uh, the air handler was three floors below it. And the suction line was an inch and three or inch and five. So mm-hmm. very, very large suction line. So I used that 12 CFM pump with the True Blues. And I pulled that thing down in just over an hour. So imagine, imagine using that pump with your gauges with the Schrader still in and quarter inch hoses. I mean that I'd have to run that thing all night to get it down to get, get it below 500 microns. <laughs> so.
0: Yeah. And we could we could even, you know, blow up, uh, or make that story even bigger. Uh, there was a, uh, chiller barrel change out in uh, Lexington, Kentucky at the University of Kentucky and uh, Andrew Greaves used that 12 CFM. He used the industrial version because at the time our, our HVAC version hadn't come out. Uh, but the pumping capacity is the same because it's the same pumping mechanism. Uh, they did a 2,500 ton chiller barrel which is you know the size of a school bus or, or a little more and they pulled it down in 17 hours when they budgeted something like four days to do the evacuation, which is what it would have taken with a, with you know some a, another brand large uh, vacuum pump from a different brand.
1: Yeah, I, I remember so, actually seeing clips of the video, and, and didn't Jim Bergman go to site and actually, um, like he, he was on site when that when that evacuation happened, correct?
0: Yes, he was. Yeah. and uh, he he really liked the the pump as well. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's it, for the right market, and you have to use the larger diameter hoses. Um, you know, the bigger vacuum pump isn't going to make a job go faster if you're not increasing the size of the hose.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, if you're using small anything smaller than, than, than those, those True Blues with that pump, you're not really getting the efficiency out of the pump. Because I, I believe it's 16 CFM. Um, that those things pull. So I mean, you're, you're getting the, the full um, the, the full efficiency out of the pump when you use that that large size hose.
0: Absolutely, and that's what you need. Uh, there is another video out there that uses our two cfm with those uh, true blue hoses and a 12 cfm uh, using going through a manifold and leaving Schrader valves in. And you'll see that the two actually, uh, they're identical systems. Uh, The the two CFM in that scenario is actually faster than the 12.
1: It's all about getting rid of the restrictions. I I believe it, 100% 100 I do. Cool, cool. So we have have another unique product that is uh, fairly new as well. (laughs) So you guys are just scouring the market with all these unique products.
0: (laughs) I must have brainwashed you because you just said we. (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh, oh, I guess you did hypnosis.
0: Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, I guess
1: I mean we cuz we're going to discuss it together as as a Okay, well that works. as a pairing. So, uh the the new smart charging machine. That that is something that's uh so I didn't know this up until recently, but there's a generation 1 and this is the generation 2 that's that's out, correct?
0: Right. And uh you know, with almost any product out there it's probably most known in automobiles but as you know you you develop a product um you develop you think you have most of the bases covered and then you discover maybe things are being used a little differently than you expected or uh You know, you, you think, you think, okay, well, if we can get it to, we got it to do this, let's try and get it to do that. And that's kind of where we are with this, this machine. We, uh, you, you try and, and build something at a price point, uh, and you try and give it as many features as you can. And then you improve a little bit with the next generation and you, and you keep going that way. Uh, we've kept our, our, gen one machine it's it's still available it's a little be- priced a little better uh for the technicians but we made some significant changes in our our generation 2 machine um it's still in the same case it still comes with the scale with the bluetooth uh handheld keypad which is is really neat um you know you uh you're not trying to read a scale that has a uh, has a uh, a tank on top of it um, you're not limited by three feet for the cord. You get up to about 20 feet, so you can put this thing where it's easy to, to read. Um, and with, given that the scale has the handheld keypad, it can be used independently. But everything still fits in the box. It comes with the hoses, but we added a couple of different things. We added a uh, a uh, high-temperature pr- high and low-temperature or high-pressure and low-pressure uh, uh, pipe clamp so that you, it... The machine will actually calculate superheat for you in subcooling. Now you can't charge that way, expecting the machine to charge automatically. But if you're charging by subcooling or superheat because you don't know your pipe lengths, um, or the manufacturer's manual tells you to do it that way, um, the machine will calculate it for you. So you can add your, you know, take your educated guess and add your four, six, eight ounces, however much gas you're going to 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 add to get your superheater, your subcooling to move in the direction you're looking for. Um, I am, however, that being said, a huge fan of charging by line length. Um, that to me is the one that makes the most sense because overall it'll actually take uh, less time than trying to charge by uh, subcooling.
1: So you mean like going into the manufacturer's literature, and if your line length is fifty feet, for example, um, adding what they are asking you to add as far as refrigerant um, versus what the line length right. is, right? Yeah,
0: right. Because the the problem with charging by superheat
1: or subcooling
0: uh, for about, especially in in your neck of the woods up there in Canada, for about seven months out of the year, is You have to have a load on the structure, or a load on the on the the system, whatever it is. Um, You can't do subcooling when it's fifty-five degrees out and there's no no load on the uh, on the air conditioning system. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the, the beauty of charging by line length is you can do it at any time, and if it's in the winter, you know your air conditioning charge is correct anyway and you don't have to come back and redo it in the spring um so or in this in the summer uh, whenever it happens to warm up so i i I also feel it's just it's much more accurate and if you get into drf systems or ductless, ductless splits of any kind those manufacturers virtually demand you charge by uh by line length and diameter and not by pressures
1: yeah exactly so for example if you had a ductless split job you were installing i mean it's usually charged with a certain amount of refrigerant to begin with and then your line set and then your evaporator will be empty so you can calculate from the manual right what what they're asking you to add in and then punch that into the automatic um, weigh-in setting right and then when it's done evacuating it's done it's done the rise test automatically. It will just open that solenoid and dump what you've entered into into the machine, right? That's essentially how it works.
0: Yeah, that's how it works. There is no pump to move refrigerant from your tank into the, into the system. So it's done on differential pressure. And one of the things that I tell people when I'm talking about uh, doing this charging is that if you've got a, a tank that's cold... Uh, going into a system that's cold, sometimes, or vice versa, the tank's hot, but the system's hot as well, uh, you d- you don't have enough pressure in the tank to move all of the refrigerant into the system. But by running the system, you can go ahead and suck the rest of the refrigerant in. And uh, you were telling me you had that issue uh, uh, a little while ago. Um, but most of the time, especially on... Uh, on smaller systems, uh, if you're doing it in the winter and your tank of re- refrigerant is warm, you don't have any trouble moving the refrigerant from one side to the other.
1: Yeah, and, um, and running the system, like the other day when I used it, 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 was, it was it was an easy fix. I mean, I just closed the manual yeah. discharge. I kept the suction side open and we ran the compressor and the rest of the charge moved in um, just naturally, just just because of that pressure differential. So, I mean, that, that wasn't, right, that wasn't right. a big deal at all.
0: Yeah, and, um, you know, it, it particularly happens too when you get, you're trying to get, uh, you know, 24 pounds of refrigerant out of a 25 pound jug. Uh, you know, at, at a certain point, there's, um, you almost, you, you, it's very difficult to get the refrigerant to transfer without, uh, doing it one uh, one of several ways the other way would be to put a heat blanket on the ta- on the tank but you have to make sure you do that at the beginning uh, so you don't throw the weight of the sc- or make the scale think you you've actually uh, changed the weight of the tank yeah, so that, that's a good point. Uh, yep. there are a couple of ways it can be done Um and I, I think the simplest and my preferred method is just to, to crack that uh, suction side valve and run the system. Uh, because at that point, you've got enough gas in the system, you're certainly not running it in a, in a vacuum. So, uh, you know, that shouldn't be a problem.
1: And and I like the fact that it was funny because I, my my kind of demonstration of the, uh, the interface of the, the, the machine that I put out the other day, I think it was yesterday, somebody said – Another tool I gotta to pull to the roof, and I'm like, well, "What do you? Wait a minute, hold on a second here." The the scale slides into the back of the <laughs> of the machine. So yeah. basically, you're, I mean, you're pulling everything... up one. You're pulling up one piece of equipment, not two. <laughs> so
0: yeah,
1: and then it was pure crickets. After I said that, there was no response. So
0: yeah i mean the, you know, the, the scale tucks into the back you got three hoses that tuck into the back you've got the two probes you can tuck into the back and it's got a shoulder strap and you are you're carrying one tool i mean you are carrying basically three tools you're carrying a vacuum pump you're carrying a charging scale and you're carrying a, a manifold but it's all in one box yes so and and we've reduced the weight of the box from uh, generation one, which was about 49 pounds down to in generation two, been, we were able to reduce it down to 38 pounds and it still has a six CFM vacuum pump in it. So, you know, it's kind of a, um, it, it's a big win. I think, uh, when it's used in the right applications, yes. uh, you know, would I use this thing on a, on a, uh, big VRF system? Most likely not. Um, but that's because I'd be using my R12 CFM to evacuate it, not the, not a, a, no, six. a six CFM. Yeah, so, yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, so that, that, that's true. And and that's important as the application, um, needs to meet the requirements of, of the tool. Uh, and they, they go hand in hand together.
0: Absolutely. And, and we changed the interface on it. We made it much more programmable so you can, uh, you can evacuate, um, down to whatever whatever micron level you're looking for as opposed to, and, and this is all done automatically uh, in the machine, so if you want to pull down to 300 microns, you want to pull down to 200 microns, you can do that, and then you can ask the machine to run for a certain amount of time once you've gotten to that level. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's a lot of adju- adjustability And you can walk away from the machine and do other things, and it's going to go through the evacuation, a standing rise test. And you can can program the length of that rise test as well, Uh, and then into charging. And then when it's done charging, you can put it into test mode, and you've got a a digital set of gauges there, and you can check your subcooling and your superheat, and uh, away you go. Um, the only thing that'll happen if it is unable to uh, complete all of the functions, for instance, you have a, uh, a, a leak and it doesn't pass the rise test, or even enough moisture to raise the vacuum up high enough, it will start beeping and say, hey, essentially it's saying, hey, you need to come back and you need to double check things here. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're charging and you lose power, And once power is reestablished, it will say, do you want to continue? And you say yes, and, and it will continue to, to charge as long as there's differential pressure between the tank and the system. Gotcha. So, you know, it's, it's kind of a, um, it's unique from that perspective, but just because it stops doesn't mean you lose anything from where you are. You know, it, it will, it will pick up and start again from the point at which it stopped, which is kind of nice. Yeah,
1: he it keeps its memory um, intact.
0: Right. And, and that gets back to our vacuum pumps as well. Um, you'll notice on the side of them, there's no manual shutoff valve. And that's because we put a, put either an electric solenoid or a, a spring check, uh, in the pump so that if power is removed during evacuation, you don't lose your, your vacuum like you would. Uh, with a, another type of pump,
1: mm-hmm. cool. So, yeah, that's that's some that's some pretty unique products right there. The, um, all, all all three of those that we talked about, oh, we threw in the twelve cfm as well. So so another right. one another one that's um, that's intriguing that I've yet to try. So you're gonna have to kind of fill me in on how this works. Is the battery operated flaring tool?
0: That is one of my my favorite tools. Uh because we we take that and we demo it at, at all of the trade shows we do. And I've used it out in the field with guys and, and, you know, I can take somebody, I can take an office person and in about five minutes I can have them making really nice flares. Uh-oh. Um <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you say that, but it's all about with flaring. It's all about consistency. Yeah. And if you're putting in a, say a five zone ductless split system you know you're, you're talking um, 20 flares if you're doing an eight zone you're talking somewhere in the neighborhood of 30 something flares 32 36 flares depending on you know how you're setting everything up that's a lot of time and a lot of twisting of wrists if you're doing it manually
1: so we can uh, so, essentially get the accountant out there if we're busy doing our flares for us on our install.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well you know, I, I I only mention that because a lot of times, you know, we'll go and there'll be a purchasing guy with the the service manager at a trade show, and so what I'm doing is I'm I'm showing the the service manager that the purchasing guy can make the the flares too after he's made a few, um, but the whole thing is about consistency and making it the right size because our four hundred and ten A flare it has a one millimeter wider uh, bell. Which doesn't sound like a lot, but it, it actually is when it comes to sealing power of the flare. Um, it's got a one millimeter wider bell than a normal R22 or R12 flare. Do, 134A flare does, um, and that's because with the ductless split systems, we're talking about operating pressures in the six to seven hundred pound range. You've got to have a flare that's going to be able to hold the, that kind of uh, uh, pressure. So, what we've done is we've taken uh, our tube holders, uh, essentially, it's what we call them, They're a, or a collet, that hold the tube in place, and we put in a depth stop. So, after you've reamed or deburred the, tu- the tubing, you push the copper tubing into where it hits the depth stop and crank down the tube holder, and you've set the depth of your flare automatically.
1: Yeah.
0: I, virtually 100% of the flares are exactly the right size. The only way you can screw it up is by not uh, uh, moving the – or running the tool long enough or running it too long. Uh, there's a clutch in there, and you can hear and feel uh, the clutch when it hits, and w- after uh, two or three uh, clicks, you'd release the, uh, release the trigger and then pull the flare back, take the thing off, and you've made a, a – a,
1: virtually perfect flare and the most the most important part of flaring and we've all done this is make sure your flare nut goes on before you you actually create absolutely
0: (laughs) i've been trying to invent a flare nut stretcher but it hasn't gone real well yeah yeah, i did (laughs) i did have a guy in class one time though who said there is one thing worse than forgetting to put the flare nut on what's that putting it on backwards
1: oh geez yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> but for those of you that are listening to this and don't know that's why there's a groove in your tube uh yeah. in the top roller of your tube cutter is so you can just cut off the flare and only lose about a, uh about three sixteenths of an inch of tubing and and hopefully that's not enough to mess you up so yeah you know
1: yeah.
0: you know it's not that uh, we haven't all forgotten to do that so
1: I've learned my lesson on you know, that. Like I always I always give myself a good 6 7 inches um play when I cut my flare in just in case. Just in case.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you know it's it's always that one piece you spent, you know, half an hour bending to get just right, you know, because you had to go around three different things. And... <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a really nice tool and you can get about 150 flares, 130 to 150 flares out of a, a single battery charge and it comes with two batteries. So, yeah. you know, you're certainly set for more than all day.
1: So, um, so what, what I can take away from, from all of this, and, and I think it's right on the NRDD recovery machine, it says empowering you to work smarter. Um, right. And, 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 and it's cool because all the, all these tools allow for smart um, operation and, it allows you to be a little bit more efficient. Like people think that smart tools are going to destroy the, the skill of a tradesman. But I totally disagree with that because you still need to know what's happening. You still need to know what's going right. on. Um, but having a tool that's more, it's like, it's like taking a, a, a corded drill and running a, a, an extension cord 100 feet to, to use it instead of now I got a cordless drill. I'm just more efficient now. It's not that I'm, I'm less of a tech. I'm just more efficient in doing my job
0: absolutely and one of the things that people have to realize is that standards of inst- installations have changed and back in the day when i started you know we probably had six or eight serious C- C- uh, air conditioning systems you know you would charge this you, well first of all nobody had a vacuum gauge and uh you would you'd evacuate 20 minutes a ton plus 20 minutes and and uh then you'd come back and you'd charge until the compressor was uh was you know uh, running either at uh you know the RLA which is is not really running load amps it's rated load amps but you'd charge to that number or you'd charge until the suction line was coming back beer can cold which again is somewhat subject- subjective and you could get away with it because the systems were so uh essentially forgiving because they were so inefficient Mm -hmm. uh you know we're running four five six amps less for the same size system that we were running in 19 in the 80s so you know there's huge uh differences in performance today's equipment you know you're you're talking you know a few ounces of refrigerant can mess up the the way the system is supposed to run and then you're not getting efficiency you're not getting capacity and you're not going to get the equipment life because it's not running under the proper parameters. And so what we're aiming to do is put out new tools that will allow a technician to be more accurate in their installations to make it so that it's installed exactly as the manufacturer's installation manual, um, has specified because they're not just suggestions in that manual. They're essentially specifications and, uh, so we're trying to help technicians meet those specifications in the best way
1: possible. And that's awesome. I mean, I mean, what more can you ask for out of out of a company that's providing uh, the tools, but also providing the education, like you're doing when you're going out and meet, meeting all these people and showing them the right ways to do things. So, I mean, that's that's incredible and good on you guys for doing that.
0: Well, we certainly uh, we certainly try, and, and our goal is to be a, as as our slogan says, "Empowering you to work smarter," and we're going to have new tools to come out coming out soon that will uh, help you do that as uh, in other operations as well. So, you know, well, whoever keep, keep whoever's, an eye on
1: whoever's heading up the operations at Navac are doing a good job because they've got you on board, and recently Andrew Greaves on board. I mean, I, I mean that's just yeah. Uh,
0: Andrew is is really great. He's got a ton of. A, a number of, of videos out there and does podcasts like you do and things and and so it's been fun to uh, to work with him so um yeah we're we're uh a new name but we're not a new company and
1: uh we're hoping that uh that uh, we can make a difference in the industry Well, oh, you already are you already are i i already know that so and, and it's catching on real quick so anyway kevin thank you um very much i think that about wraps up what we needed to talk about today and uh as as we release products or if we want if you want to talk about something else that you're passionate about within the trade that doesn't have anything to do with with products we can get on another podcast and discuss that 100 percent for sure that
0: sounds like fun and i look forward to speaking with you again
1: awesome So I'm still waiting out the rain, and you're like, how can it be raining for that long? Well, guys, just so you know, I recorded the intro to this podcast about 30 seconds before I recorded this outro. So in reality, time went by slowly for you, but very quickly for me. (laughs) Anyway, Kevin, thanks for getting onto the podcast. Thanks for agreeing to take your time out of your day and spend it with us. It was a a very enjoyable conversation, and I hope the listeners learned a lot. I did. These Navac products, they are, like I said, hitting the market hard. I've got a bunch of them. I don't have enough of them, and I want to try some more because the experience has been enjoyable, and I've really enjoyed using the stuff. Anyway, Kevin, you're welcome back anytime. You want to chat. You're a smart guy. You got a lot to offer. You're welcome back anytime on this podcast. But guys, I'm hoping I can get on the roof very soon because I can't sit here all day in my truck waiting. I'm not made of sugar, I know that. I'm not going to melt on the roof, I know that, but I just don't like getting wet. Anyway guys, I'm out. Happy H-tracking.